Yeah, he talks to Surge quite a bit, and they have an interesting relationship. Huh. It's funny. Okay. It's very funny. Okay. He, 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 he already teach me how to laugh too. <laughs> I know how to laugh already. See the shots that I took, wet like on book. I'm slamming niggas like Shaquille. Shit is real. I feel like Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen at my wedding. Ben Steph Curry with the shot, Ben cooking with the sauce, Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Shot towns, T Rose, moving the next, BK. They call me the stuff on Marbury, you rap, darling. Go ride around the rockets like, yeah, I mean, y'all niggas weak. I might go to Marcus Cousins out in public. That's like saying that the bad boy Piston team didn't need Isaiah. Booming out in Sabanel like Lou Will, six men like Lou Will. Me, KD, ain't no nigga that can shoot like me. Black. My skin black like Mamba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the f does that mean, Kobe Bryant? You're welcome. What the f is he talking about? All right, everybody, welcome. This is the Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Orlowski, and uh, the title of the podcast speaks for itself. We're just going to be uh, talking about basketball and booling. If you don't know what, you don't know what booling is, uh, put that in your uh, in the Google machine, figure it out, get hip to the fact. This show is uh, supposed to be pretty, uh, pretty low-key, pretty non-formal, so I don't know what kind of expectations you have. I really don't know what kind of uh, expectations I have, but I feel like I uh, feel like I have a lot of basketball knowledge, and I don't uh, necessarily get to share it with anybody. So I'm just gonna share it with myself, and then I'm going to put it out for everybody else and uh, for you guys. So uh, once again, thanks for checking it out. Um, one thing that I want to do with this. Uh, with this show, of course, I'm gonna to try to get the uh, get the diehard basketball fans in here, and you know, hopefully, we'll be, you know, hopefully, you guys will be sending me messages, and we'll be talking shit, and you know, it'll it'll make for a better show, it'll make for better content, you know. Hopefully, that's hopefully that's uh, a step or two in the future. Uh, just taking it day by day, but. Uh, there's plenty of uh, plenty of NBA talk and uh, an NBA culture to to discuss. This uh, this 2018 season has already been insanely dysfunctional. <laughs> There's a lot going on, but uh, you know I want to. Uh, I also want to bring in you know people who aren't necessarily basketball fans or you know sports fans for that matter. Um, anybody who just wants to veg out and listen to, you know, listen to what goes on in in the NBA, you know, throughout the season, and maybe even develop an appreciation for the game. So take whatever, uh, t- take this podcast and do whatever you want with it. Um, just kind of putting it out there for uh, for all you to consume. So uh, let's. Uh, I think it would be good to start with a recap, a quick recap of what happened last season. So the Golden State Warriors um, are, of course, the best team in the league right now, and they're going to get better once um, 
once DeMarcus Cousins uh, comes back and plays center for them instead of, uh, you know, instead of uh, Kevin Looney and uh, Kevon Looney and Jordan Bell, you know. And the Warriors have been in the news a whole lot the past 48 hours, and that's, uh, that's going to be the first, uh, the first thing we talk about. Um, but the Warriors last year, of course, won the, uh, won the title, beat the Cavaliers in the NBA Finals. Um, they swept the Cavs. Um, LeBron James, after that, left and, uh, <clears throat> left and went for uh, Los Angeles and joined the Lakers. And uh, right now they're not, uh, they're not doing, you know, too great. But then again, LeBron, when he joined the Heat and when he joined the Cavs again, in 2014, you know, those those teams struggled early on and they came around in the end because LeBron's on their team and hopefully by April, you know, the younger players and even some of the veterans have realized what it takes to play with a guy like LeBron and somebody who commands so much attention and can do so much on the court and he's worthy of the attention that he gets. So... The Lakers are going to be fine, but right now they're just kind of going through the motions, I think, and they're just trying to figure out what uh, what lineups work best with LeBron because if you have LeBron on your team, obviously you're going to game plan around him. You know, other teams definitely have a more team-centric approach, but when you have a <clears throat> when you have a dynamic superstar like that, like uh, you know, it happens with Anthony Davis in uh, New Orleans. You know, you're going to game plan around him because that's the guy who's going to draw the most attention and the guy who's going to be deserving of the most attention because of the damage that he does to the opposing team. Otherwise, um, the Eastern Conference, which has historically over the past uh, five to ten years just been a dumpster fire of a conference with LeBron just, you know, just dropping his nuts on every team that tried to go up against him, you know, to reach the finals. Nobody... Since since LeBron went to went to Miami and ran through you know has had his run in Cleveland, he made the NBA Finals eight straight times with those teams. The Eastern Conference did not have any answers for LeBron. The Bulls tried, the Celtics tried, the Seventy Sixers tried, and the Raptors tried. They couldn't figure anything out. Now that he is in the Western Conference, which has historically over the past decade been just a fucking meat grinder, it's, you know, right now the Lakers, <clears throat> like I said, aren't doing so hot, but they do have LeBron, so it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like they're in panic mode. I mean, it's only it's only the middle of November. Uh, they're only 8-6. and six. It's, actually, it's actually better than I thought, but... <clears throat> Still, when you have a when you have a young team led by LeBron, you expect you know maybe maybe a little more, but it is also the middle of November in LeBron's first season, um, which you know he he pretty much went to LA as just kind of a you know this is my this is not necessarily his send off, but it's definitely his last probably you know, monster mega contract. So he's out there doing business ventures. He's getting into movies and he's just trying to grow his brand. 
excuse me. And for LeBron, that's that's honestly probably the best move, you know, career-wise, lifestyle-wise. You got to make all the money that you can when you're in the when you're in the NBA, when you're in all the professional sports, really. You know, anybody anybody could could uh Anybody could get hurt. Anybody could just, you know, stop caring. It's happened. People just people just get paid and they just don't give a fuck anymore. But LeBron has been top ten, top five in the league since he was a rookie. And he still is. I think he's 33 years old. He's been in the league like 15, 16 years. He's had different career peaks and peaks and valleys, of course, but definitely more peaks. Yeah, he's 33. Drafted, yeah, 15 years. I think this will be his 16th year. But yeah, the Lakers are going to be fine. Lakers are going to be fine. The Heat were fine. Cavs made the finals with that garbage team. It's just a that's just the player LeBron is. He's that much of a dominant force. That's why he's in the argument with Michael Jordan for the best player to ever play the game. And uh, we're not going to get into that in this show because <laughs> I'm not getting into that in the first show. But, uh, yeah, the uh, the East, like I said, was, um, was just kind of there when LeBron was uh, – when LeBron was just running roughshod. But now that he's gone, a lot of uh, a lot of Eastern Conference teams have taken advantage, and they've bolstered up their teams, and they're they could they could potentially rival Golden State um, if they uh, <clears throat> if any of these teams reach the finals. Some more than others, of course, but you know, especially from what we're seeing right now with Golden State with the dysfunction, which I promise we're getting to, <laughs> but. There's a lot of dysfunction going on between individual players. Uh, you know, there's a cloud over the team of, you know, is the is the dynasty over? You know, so I think mentally that's going to rattle the players, especially over the course of the season all the way until June, assuming they reach the finals because they, you know, they probably will and they're probably going to win. But now there's Eastern Conference teams that can at least challenge what Golden State is putting up. The Boston Celtics got Hayward, Tatum, Kyrie Irving, Al Horford, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier. The 76ers, Joel Embiid. They got Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, uh, to name a few. They got the Raptors have Kawhi Leonard. They have Serge Ibaka, Pascal, Kyle Lowry. They got players. They got a great team. The Raptors, I'm pretty sure, are at the top of the Eastern Conference. They're 12 and three. You know, and everybody would everybody thought Kawhi Leonard wasn't even going to play. <laughs> We're all caught up for all intents and purposes. But um, the big story lately: um, Kevin Durant, Golden State Warriors uh, superstar forward, arguably best scorer in the league right now, and some argue all time. He has the reputation around the league of being disloyal and uh, a snake. 
So when Draymond Green confronted him about um, the possibility of him, you know, leaving uh, Golden State in the offseason, uh, it didn't really go over too well because Draymond Green is a he's a very emotional player. If you don't know uh, if you don't know what Draymond Green is uh, is, is capable of once that uh, once that jump ball happens, it's um, just uh, the dude has the passion that can rival probably Dennis Rodman. I think that's the the comp that most people most people think of. Probably not as crazy, not as wild, but definitely definitely has the has the capability of of popping off at any second because you know he's that emotionally invested in the game and you can't really blame him but sometimes sometimes he does cross the line and you know I don't know if confronting uh I don't know if confronting Kevin Durant about possibly leaving the team which you know if I was if I was Kevin Durant you know obviously you know if you are considered you know, most people consider him to be, you know, the second or third best player in the league behind LeBron and, you know, whoever's having the best week, you know, have it be Westbrook, have it be James Harden, have it be Anthony Davis, you know, Steph Curry, his own teammate. You know, you, you, you want to be the guy. You know, Jimmy Butler wants to be the guy. You know, there's a lot of players around the league that want to command the team. And that's something that LeBron had to adjust to in Miami when he teamed up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. But Dwayne Wade was, you know, he, he, was the, he was the face of the franchise for the Miami Heat. And he kind of still is, even though right now he's, you know, reduced to... He's, you know, he's reduced to a bench role and he's a veteran. He's just providing what he can and, you know, it's his last season and he's doing the, you know, he's doing the Kobe farewell tour and, you know, everybody's happy. You know, LeBron had to adjust to being second fiddle for a while until he, until he came into his own with, with his role on the team and, you know, where, where he belonged with, with the different players on the floor, really. And then he took over and became what he became and, you know, took over the Cavaliers and now he's, you know, still dominating on the Lakers. You know, and his career hasn't really started to dip. I assume it's going to. I assume it's going to in the next in the next couple of years. You know, just, you know, a, li- a little. I, I, I can see LeBron playing until he's about 40. Dude's a fucking tank. Jesus, look up pictures of uh, of LeBron James like working out. Go on his Instagram. He's always posting workout shit on his on his story. He's posting shit all day long, like The Rock. The Rock's an animal with his sushi train cheat day. He's got some fucking hashtag. Dude just becomes an animal on Sundays. But enough about The Rock. Um. Yeah, LeBron's a beast. He can play probably another five years at a very high level. So anyway, yeah, Draymond Green got in Kevin Durant's face and questioned his loyalty, and uh, he ended up getting suspended and fined. Um, not the first time it's happened to Draymond, but uh, still, you hate to see it. But um, you know, it's it's probably 
probably best if you didn't, you know, confront your, you know, number one, number two superstar on the team and call him a bitch and say that, you know, we won without you, you know, we don't need you, leave, which uh, is actually what Draymond said to him reportedly. Um, so, yeah, not not pretty stuff going on in the Bay Area. And, you know, as a um, as an NBA fan not from the Bay Area, uh, from Chicago, Kind of, kind of, kind of nice to see. Kind of nice to see a little friction going on. Kind of, kind of saw a little bit of that with uh, Cleveland last year, but like everybody, everybody knew LeBron was leaving. Everybody knew the Cavs were bad, but the East, the East as a whole was just worse. So they were just going to get there by default because they had LeBron. But not anymore. It's fun when it happens to not your team. You know, it was, it was cool to see the Bulls with, uh, with Rose and Butler and Gasol, and they, you know, they almost beat the Cavs. You know, Rose had the game winner, and then LeBron had the game winner, and then everything after that was just dog shit. And that was pretty much the beginning of the end. And you know, they started the rebuild, and now we, uh, we are where we are. Uh, the Bulls are where, you know, the Bulls are where they are. And I think it's, I think, I think they're in a good place, but you know, it's, it's tough to see your team that was once so good be so bad you know happened with the bears too bears were decent about six years ago they were dog shit for about three and now they're the favorites to win their division but uh yeah this could be the end of the this could be the end of the line for the warriors dynasty i mean kevin durant definitely could leave like i said he he probably wants to be the main guy and he could go to he could go to new york and do that he could, I mean, he could go to Chicago and, you know, the, no, fuck, <laughs> that's, that's not happening. Um, the biggest rumor is that he's going to L.A. to team up with LeBron and they're just going to, they're just going to, there's literally no words as to what kind of pillaging is going to happen if that, if that duo ends up ends up becoming reality oh jeez where are they getting all that money the bus family still up and up and kicking genie bus was banging phil jackson <laughs> i always forget about that magic johnson's still walking around every once in a while at a game he owns the dodgers for some reason i mean you have the money why the fuck not yeah the league the league seems to be uh <laughs> seems to be a little shook and uh <laughs> a little happy in some corners that uh that the warriors could potentially fall apart because kevin durant could leave demarcus cousins ain't getting re-signed because they don't have that kind of money clay thompson might leave this it could be could be the beginning of the end Clay Thompson said that he doesn't really want to be a part of any kind of like, <clears throat> any kind of like hashtag stay KD tour. You know, he doesn't he doesn't want that to be a distraction. He just wants to play basketball. You know, if, if they if they win the championship, then that's more incentive for Kevin Durant to 
you know make up his mind you know he's his own man you're not gonna you're not gonna necessarily influence his final decision you can definitely steer him in a direction but ultimately he's gotta he's gotta pull that trigger but if the Warriors win the championship they could convince him to stay and they could end up paying him what he wants but probably not because they got other players that want uh, that want that money as well and they're all worth it they have the possibility to three-peat this year and I mean this season so far it seems like Steph Curry has been has been their best player you know because like you know Kevin Durant was he was the guy on OKC and then he's basically second fiddle in uh, Golden State because Steph has already solidified that that lead dog status, that alpha status. He's not letting go. You know the same thing happened with uh, Chris Bosh in Miami, Paul George in OKC his first season. You know these these players were on their previous teams. They were the main focal point, and now they have to take a uh, now they have to take a sidekick role. You know, at least for the time being, for some in some instances. But it gets to you. You know, Carmelo Anthony was coming off the bench this season, and now he's not on a team. Well, Carmelo Anthony, he used to be this this scoring machine. Everybody wanted Carmelo. The Bulls wanted Carmelo. I wanted Carmelo. And now nobody even wants to see Carmelo. <laughs> nobody wants to pay Carmelo. Nobody wants to put Carmelo in their starting lineup. That's the main thing. The Rockets got rid of him apparently because he wasn't a fit. You know, Carmelo. Carmelo is an oblong puzzle piece. He's not really gonna fit anywhere. <laughs> he just does what he does. I mean, it's. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the greatest scorers in NBA history, and definitely in the in the last decade and fifteen years. No question. He could drop 30 any night in his prime. But for him to be good, he always had to have the ball in his hand. So when they got Amari Stoudemire, <clears throat> when they got Amari Stoudemire on the Knicks, you know, they were, they did, you know, they put up their numbers, but, you know, they had to figure it out. They had to figure out how to work together. You know, and then they got Tyson Chandler, who, you know, at the time was coming off the championship with the Mavericks. And, you know, he he appeared to be, you know, finally hitting his, you know, stride and peak, you know, since he got drafted with the, you know, the baby bulls, you know, in the early 2000s. So he was commanding a little bit of attention. And then, you know, in the spring – Everybody went down and got hurt, and insanity happened. And then they had to figure that out. So they got you know three to four three to four pieces at a time that you know that need to be game planned around. And it's just you know you feel neglected, and some people want to go as far as you know changing teams and changing locations. And a lot of times you know they go to a new place and they're. You know, they're the, the main guy again, and they're happy, and they're, you know, they're playing better. But at this point in Melo's career, you know, I don't think that's – I don't think he's that guy anymore. You know, he still wants to be a starter, but, you know, 
coming off the bench, he was playing 30 minutes a game and sucking ass, to put it politely. And Melo's legacy at this point is just kind of like one of the greatest scorers of all time. He was dominant, one of the most exciting players to watch, You know, whether it was on the Nuggets or the Knicks. Not so much OKC or or Houston, but uh, but what are you gonna do? Derrick Rose's uh, New York and Cleveland days were less than memorable from a uh, from a hometown perspective. But yeah, he's you know he's always been just a he's always been a scorer and a scoring first player. You know he's not necessarily you know the ideal definition of a team player doesn't play a hell of a lot of defense you know if i if i can recall <laughs> but uh yeah i think he's just uh, and i think he's always just kind of been a ball hog and that's kind of you know kind of what's what's brought the team what what's brought his teams you know not really down, but they've pulled back from that possible, you know, mountaintop you know, of of greatness that they could have achieved. Because, you know, Melo's playing with a Mark Stoudemire and Allen Iverson, and, you know, they could never get anything done. I don't know. There's a reason for everything, I guess. But uh, at this point, Melo just, wants to, Melo just wants to be on a team, I assume. Hopefully that's what he's thinking because if he's still thinking that he's uh, that he's a starter after what's what's gone down, uh, but yeah. So Carmelo Anthony was is uh, without a team, and uh, Jimmy Butler finally got his new team. Uh, Wolves traded them to the Sixers, and in my opinion, I think they may have got fleeced. But you know, all things considered, Jimmy Butler is going to be a free agent next year as well, and. You know, you think you might be getting just a rental, but you know the 76ers are, you know, the up and one of the up and coming teams in the East, and with the addition of Jimmy Butler, they might just be the favorites. You know, the the Celtics are obviously up there. The Raptors are the best team right now. The 76ers can easily take that over once Jimmy Butler gets acclimated. So I think on paper they're definitely they definitely deserve to have that conversation that they're the favorite. In the East, for sure. Could they beat Golden State? Maybe. Jimmy Butler, you can put him on Kevin Durant and try to slow him down, I guess. Ben Simmons, too. You put him on Draymond Green. It'd be a fun seven games. <laughs> But anyway, uh, the Wolves got Robert Covington, who is he's a he's he's a small forward. He's a decent player. You know, he seemed to be uh, coming into his own uh, this past you know this this season and the the past season, the 2017 uh, 2018 season. And uh, Dario Saric as well, who's a uh, who's a European player who's got a lot of potential. Um, they also traded Jared Bayless, who's just you know. He's he's a veteran guard who can contribute, but you know nothing flashy. And uh, the 76ers got back a 
they got back Justin Patton, who was the uh, Timberwolves draft pick from last year that uh, the Bulls gave to him in the uh, Levine, Markinen, and uh, Dunn trade. Or, well, Markinen was the seventh pick, but turned into Markinen for all intents and purposes, whatever. So, uh, yeah, the Timberwolves are in an interesting spot right now. But uh, I'll get back to them in a second. So, um, yeah, the 76ers definitely are in the conversation to take over that top spot in the East. I think among those three or four teams, the East is kind of wide open between Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, and Philly. You know, Miami's not really there yet. Chicago's definitely not there yet. Um, Charlotte, Detroit, New York, Brooklyn. Yeah, none of these teams are really uh, really a threat to any of those four. So it's basically a top four race, kind of like kind of like the the West, really. So it only took LeBron leaving the conference for it to become exciting and competitive again. Who would have thought? Except everybody. But you know that's that's whatever. But anyway, at least the Wolves seem to have an idea of where they want to go, which is you know a more team-based approach because. You know, what what Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins on the Timberwolves have said, you know, if you if you take their word for it, Jimmy was too much for them to handle, to say the least. And, you know, from one perspective, you can say that, you know, Jimmy's just, you know, that's just his personality and he's brash and you just got to learn to live with it. And from one perspective, it's, you know, Jimmy's being an asshole and, you know, he deserved to get traded. You know, I think Jimmy is just very passionate about about the game. You know, he's he's worked so hard to get to this point. You know, and being a Bulls fan, you know, we've been we've been exposed to Jimmy's origin story. You know, he was he was basically an orphan. He was an I'm pretty sure he was, you know, not basically, he was an orphan and living in Tomball, Texas, and at like 13, uh, a family took him in and they raised him and he went off to Marquette to play to play basketball and the Bulls drafted him with the last pick in the first round, didn't play a whole lot to begin with, but he eventually cracked the rotation and Tom Thibodeau, the coach at the time for the Bulls and the current Timberwolves coach, took a liking to him and then he ended up starting and getting getting a big contract and the rest is history and the fact that the uh the little humble texas kid who you know came all this way once he got the once he got the attention the notoriety and the fame he basically just did his own thing went hollywood and said you know fuck it i've been I've been poor. I've been poor and working hard my whole life. I got everything that I want right now. I'll just fucking flex and get more. <laughs> Amen, Jimmy. That's why. I, that's why I got your Christmas jersey a couple years ago. Because <laughs> he's a fucking animal. Oh, Jimmy. 
But yeah, Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, they they have their shot now. They have their opportunity to put up or shut up and uh, show the league that they're actually, you know, ready to ready to go balls to the wall and bear down. The, this is your team now, and it's Jimmy's gone. You know, the bad man is gone. You can you can come out and play your brand of basketball now. You know, and thank God for Derrick Rose. You know, coming out of the grave, reaching the fountain of youth, and dropping fifty on these motherfuckers. <laughs> so they got Derrick Rose. If they want, I, I think they should start him. But if they want to, if they want to bring him off the bench, that that would probably be that would probably be more beneficial in the long run. But uh, but they have they have a rejuvenated Derrick Rose at their disposal to also use and uh, a new offensive power forward and a solid small forward presence probably slide Wiggins over to the two they got a they got a solid team you know it's not great but they can uh, they can definitely move forward it's not the sexiest destination but it's definitely doable Minnesota's owner uh, Glenn Taylor you know I think he was kind of uh kind of upset about the uh, the whole Jimmy situation cuz he was saying that uh he was saying that he thought they basically uh you know the Timberwolves that they basically helped Jimmy out of Chicago cuz he wanted to be the guy and they helped out Chicago by giving them good players you know they thought that was <laughs> they thought that was a good move to entice them and it did you know it did Garpax basically erased all of the shitty moves that they that they've made the past 10 years with that one trade because now Jimmy isn't on the Timberwolves and they had to give up two players <laughs> they had to give up Saric and Covington to get rid of him as well wait that's that's not right <laughs> those guys are those guys are on the Timberwolves now they were on the uh they were on the Sixers but uh, either way, either way, that trade was a uh, that trade was an L for Minnesota for sure, because we got Zach Levine, you know, on that fucking rejuvenated Terminator knee. You know, Larry Markinen's looking like a beast in his rehab. Hopefully, he comes back and does what he did last season and then then some. Hopefully, Chris Duncan, Duncan, hopefully Chris Duncan can uh, can do his thing and. You know, hopefully be that, you know, 3 and D guard. You know, Denzel Valentine, too. Although nobody really knows what the fuck's going on with him because he was supposed to come back this this week, pretty much. But something went went wrong in the rehab, apparently. Oof. <laughs> it's been a long week, everybody. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up by uh, talking about one more aspect of the Bulls. Zach Levine, like I said, he's he's on a freaking tear, and uh, I think he's must see TV for sure. I mean, every every game he's got some kind of he's got some kind of high flying dunk. You know, the last game, I think it was the last game, he had a tomahawk. You know, behind the back. You know, he had a 360. He had a clutch. You know, he had all this all this shit going on. He's scoring 30. He's scoring 20. You know. Uh, Pretty sure he was the uh, what 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 record did he break? I don't think he broke definitely broke a record, but he uh, scored twenty scored twenty or more points in fourteen straight games. 
and they were the first 14 straight games to start the season, for that matter. But he passed Michael Jordan, who had 13, and Zach Levine had 14 until uh, until uh, last night. He scored uh, 10. Last either last night or the night before, that last game he scored 10 against the Celtics and uh, 10 or 16. It was definitely not uh, not 20, but. He passed Michael Jordan, but uh, Michael Jordan has the next uh, three. He has the next three spots. <laughs> so it's not like uh, – no, he has the next two, but still it's not. <laughs> Zach Levine can't get away from the Michael Jordan comparisons, you know. And these dunks are, you know, they're high fly and they look like MJ. Look like MJ and he's playing shooting guard for the Chicago Bulls. So, you know, do with that information what you want. He's must-see TV, and the Bulls could be scary when he gets back, when uh, when uh, everybody else gets back, Markin and Portis, uh, Dunn and Valentine. But uh, from from a fan perspective, maybe they have to tank in order to have a shot at Zion Williamson. Which, you know, as much as I don't want the as much as I don't want the Bulls to lose anymore, Zion Williamson is he's he's a very nice player. And I would love for him to play somewhere on the Chicago Bulls. But uh, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up. I gotta get out of here. Uh, this has been the Basketball Podcast. I am Brandon Orlowski, your host. You can check me out on social media at Brandon Orlowski. That's pretty much my name for everything. Uh, that uh, that handle isn't very sought after, but uh, you can find me there. Uh, you can find the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, and uh, everywhere, anywhere else that uh, that I decide to put it up. But uh, you guys will be the first to know if you follow on uh, social media. Twitter is at BasketBoolin. Instagram is at BasketBoolPodcast. And uh, that's pretty much... Those are pretty much the only ones that I signed up for because those are pretty much the only ones that are important uh, at this point in the uh, in the show's career. <laughs> but uh, that's it. Uh, Basketball podcast. Uh, hopefully this is a weekly thing. Brandon Arlowski, peace. All right, thank you. Take that for data. <laughs>